Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast with your host, Alicia McCormack. Alicia's a comedian, wife, author of Smart Wedding, who as a teenager ran a business making jewelry out of bike chains. Did that make you your first million, Alicia? Oh, golly gosh, I wish I could say yes, Cara Lee. I really wish I could say yes, but no, it didn't. But it's it's all a part of the learning process, the growing process. And to be honest, the business, if you can call it that, was a bit of an accident that then escalated into something that took over my whole life during my uni years. And I learned a lot about cleaning bike chains, all the different sorts of bike chains. There's the thing called a camshaft, which you've probably never heard of. It's from a motorcycle. It became a bit of an obsession. I was ordering bike chains from all over the world. I found a gold-plated bike chain, which was one of my best sellers. Quite expensive, and people bought it. My dad helped me out, and we made all these belt buckles that were made of bike chains. Wood. If you were going through an airport security with that thing on now, the SWAT team would come in. That's what, that's, it was hardcore. And I would have this little system because all bike chains come pre-lubricated. There's a fact of the day. And I've used the word lubricated on the podcast. Who would have ever thought? (sighs) Anyway, we came up with a system of cleaning these things, which was using highly abrasive, stinky chemicals that have probably seeped into my skin and made me lizard woman now. But We would sell them all over Australia and I'd post them all over the world. And the business only came to an end when I went to film school and thought I'd have a complete breakdown if I was cleaning bike chains into the night and sending them and trying to decorate them and add little bits and pieces to them. So that was my first foray into business. It didn't make me a million dollars or pounds or any sort of currency, perhaps Thai baht, but it was a wonderful experience and really got my fires burning for making cash. Still haven't quite cracked it, but we're giving it a red hot go. That's all we can say. Today's episode is something I've been looking forward to doing for quite some time. And to be honest, there'll be continuing episodes about this because it's such a huge topic. DIY, baby. And my guest is Jen from the website somethingturquoise.com. Jen is a DIY maven. Like this this chick knows her stuff. And the beautiful thing about visiting somethingturquoise.com is her tutorials. It's not just one photo of a DIY project and then a hell of a lot of text, which I find a little overwhelming as a DIY person. Jen goes through and has multiple step-by-step photographs that really get to the crux of how to make stuff. So if you're considering doing any DIY projects, or the whole wedding as a DIY project. A lot of people do it. Good luck to you, I say. It's a lot of work. We all overestimate how clever we are at craft. I would say this is the episode for you. Jen is going to go into depth about her favorite DIY materials because you've got to buy all this stuff. A lot of people forget you've got to buy the stuff before you can DIY it. It's not always as cheap as you think it may be. Also, her favorite DIY projects, how to get people to do shifty work for free, And my favorite pet topic, DIY, time management. Because often people look at DIY projects and go, oh, that's going to take me five minutes. Mm, Not always. Not the case. We have a bit of a thing in my family called the McCormack Five Minutes. I'm sure many families have the same thing. It's when a member of our family, usually one of our dads, all my cousins, we always talk about this. One of the dads goes into the shed and says, yeah, yeah, I'll just be five minutes. It's going to take me five minutes. And then they do not reemerge from that shed or garage or workstation for over nine hours. 
Like my dad has disappeared and you go, do we call some search party? Do we report it to the police? No, no, no. He's just in there drilling something. And if you've got somewhere to go, it's just best to leave. Just leave them to it because to get them out of there is near impossible. So we will discuss that today and many other things. So let's get straight to it. My interview with Jen from Something Turquoise, DIY, your nuts off. Jen, Something Turquoise, where did that come from and what is the name all about? I have a little feeling I know the name, but let me (laughs) – tell me. (laughs) Okay, so um, my favorite color is turquoise. Easy, right? Easy. Uh, So my something blue wasn't blue, it was turquoise. Of course. So when I was dreaming about what my blog name should be, it was actually New Year's Eve and I'm putting on my mascara in the mirror and I just thought – something turquoise like something old new borrowed blue but mine was turquoise and that was it I rushed to the computer saw if the url was available it was and the rest is history I love those moments when you have – see, I always get these ideas either just before sleep and then I forget them or in the shower, and you're a mascara idea person. <laughs> Normally, I'm a nap idea person, ah. so I don't know what the mascara was about, but um, I remember it like it was yesterday. I love those moments of clarity that you that something yeah. just comes to you. And also, I love that you just went to the computer. It's New Year's Eve, and you're like, damn it, I'm going to register this domain. Heck yeah, best New Year's ever. Jen, I love crafting. I'm a closeted crafter. Not really closeted, I'm out and proud. Let's let's, let's be honest. <laughs> I love a glue gun. I love sewing. Anything, you know, you give me anything to craft and I'm there. But do you think there are people that just shouldn't craft? No. <laughs> no, everyone can craft. <laughs> you had to say it though. I couldn't say it. <laughs> okay, I'll rephrase. I think there are people that rush into things and then get a bit shitty when they can't actually see things through. Is yes. that is that a better way to say it? Absolutely. How do we encourage these people to just cool down and learn the art of crafting and learn to enjoy it? I think the first step would be either to listen, hear, or read how to do the project in depth first before you uh, take anything on. I mean, if you're a first-time crafter, definitely having a, a good friend around who is experienced can help a lot. Or reading tutorials that are detailed online that really kind of take you through the project and you can visually see how it's done beforehand. And you can't rush through no. projects. I really think that taking your time, enjoying the process, having good information to start with. Jen, out. Save the Date Wedding Podcast listeners can find you on all facets of social media. I will put the links in the show notes. You are everywhere. Jen, everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) But, of course, you must follow Jen on Pinterest because that is where the gold happens. Obviously, (laughs) it all leads back to the website, though, where you can see the tutorials step-by-step and actually learn about what you have to do to make this stuff because often on Pinterest I always find there are pictures of pretty things but no bloody explanation as to how making anything I find that really frustrating yeah I find that as well and uh, one of the things that I wanted to share on my blog was that um, was real detailed step-by-step projects because I find that as soon as girls get engaged, they have like this innate feeling that they need to make something for it. Yes. Um, 
you know, you do have to come up with a theme. You do have to plan some things. You do have to make some things as a bride unless you are just leaving it all to your wedding planner. So um, I realized that some brides have never made anything before. So I thought if I can share super detailed pictures of me actually doing the project right in front of the camera instead of just, you know, just a few, maybe five pictures, then that's going to make people feel much more comfortable with actually trying the project instead of just a few pictures. So I think that that really resonated with my readers. Some I know who have visited the blog, planned their weddings, and been done and over with have come back uh, to find projects and inspiration just for uh, Christmas gifts and for uh, Valentine's and for uh, baby showers and things like that because the projects that I make can be translated into uh, other types of parties. The projects that I do share, I am actually creating right in front of the camera. So you're seeing my entire process. A couple of weeks ago, I did an episode, uh, I do Q&A episodes, and one of the questions that came in was about having a flowerless wedding or a fresh flowerless wedding, which I thought was a particularly great question because they're really expensive and often quite wasteful. And uh, I would love some of the tutorials that you've featured on your blog. There was one that caught my eye called the felt flower tutorials, which I thought were just delightful. Oh, thank you. Oh, beautiful. And they're the sort of things that you could give to your guests to take home. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and they look like real flowers. They do. I mean, and they hold up really well compared to a paper bouquet. Yeah. Um, the felt, I mean, I love paper bouquets. They look amazing. Some of the tissue paper flowers that I've seen just oh, look yeah. stunning. Yeah. But I just can't imagine spending all that time transporting it to the venue um, and worrying about the paper ripping or something. And so in thinking about that, I realized um how versatile felt could be so i'm actually working um with a company called taunton press and they're making um a book of more felt flowers of mine fabulous yeah they loved them so much so so the felt flowers have done amazing on pinterest people they're easy to make yep they go together quickly because you use hot glue i'm not the biggest fan of hot glue in some situations but for the felt it's just the a wonderful adhesive they they just look so pretty i i have that bouquet right now in a mason jar on my desk and you're so hip jen i love that i can't can't put it away (laughs) well i the my favorite the little bitty balls because they are they're so cute they're so cute and i will put post um links and images in the show notes so all of the listeners can see all these amazing awesome yeah but the bitty balls are like beautiful little yellow felt balls that just look like real little flowers and um oh i fell in love with them i want them all over my house (laughs) (laughs) little does my husband know but the glue gun may be coming out again soon (laughs) so jen when you're coming up with all these amazing diy tutorials where do you start where do the ideas percolate from Um, a lot of the times i'm inspired by products when i'm making a favor or when i'm making something i really want to make sure that the people finding my tutorials can actually find these um, supplies. There is nothing worse than finding something that you love on Pinterest and then realizing that they got the supplies at some boutique by their house that you can't get. Sometimes it happens when I'm just walking through Michael's or other craft stores like Joann's and I see something and I realize like, oh my gosh, you know, they sell this online. Or I have an idea and I search Amazon to see if I can get it and if it's something that other people can get as well. So 
products are definitely a huge part of my inspiration. I mean, I look everywhere for inspiration. Sometimes these things just come to me and I I don't know how to explain it. Oh, that's good though. I love that. I mean, the creative process for any creative person, that everyone's got a different way of, of summoning up that little magic juice that makes them go, I'm going to make this. I think it's yeah. interesting you said about the supplies because, you know, I love – I love Goop. I always read Gwyneth Paltrow's blog and, and all her recipes are amazing. But gee whiz, some of the stuff that she makes things out of are really hard to find, like some of the ingredients. And it always enrages me because I'm like, I'm going to make this special pumpkin brulee and then be damned if I can find half of the ingredients. Okay. See, that's a, it's just so important. Um, I like to say that sharing my tutorials is a huge responsibility because if I if I spell something wrong, my readers are quick to tell me. Oh. I don't include something, my readers are quick to tell me. If they can't find something, they tell me. So I really try my absolute hardest to make sure that everything's accessible to them. Also, lots of things that you can use multiple times, which I really appreciate. I, have, I live in a small one-bedroom flat. We don't have a big candy-spelling craft room that I can store sure. things in. <laughs> sure. so it's really nice to be able to see repeat materials being used in tutorials, and I'm sure brides and grooms out there that are crafting also appreciate that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So talking about that, what are some of your favorite multi-purpose materials that you've used on the blog in the past? I would definitely say paint, wood, mm. and paper. And when you say wood, you don't have to have a big shed and a bandsaw to do any of this stuff, do you? No. I mean, some of the things, maybe if you wanted to make a wedding directional sign, you don't have to cut the wood yourself. You can, you know, pay a couple dollars at your uh, local lumber yard to cut it for you. Yes, good tip. Uh, I love wood because you can basically make it anything that you want. If you wanted to take a piece of wood and paint it to make a modern sign, you could. If you wanted to rough it up and make it rustic, you could. But paint is a very spray paint, acrylic paint, um, paint brushes. That is, to me, that is a very important tool to have. But also uh, paper. Paper is huge. You can make so many things with paper from your invitations to escort cards and your uh, tags that go on your favors and um, programs, I mean, you just need paper. So I definitely think paper, uh, like a paper trimmer, like a really good sharp uh, paper cutter is a very important tool as well. What sort of brand? Have you got any brands that you'd suggest people purchase? Well, I love Fiskars. They have great paper trimmers. These are things you could sell afterwards if you're never going to use it again, couldn't you? You could pop it on eBay. Oh, definitely, definitely. And then, I mean, I have a Cricut and that's like... Um, has changed my crafting life forever. <laughs> the crack, Cricut Explorer. For, for listeners, Jen, that haven't heard of what a Cricut is, can you explain oh, it to us? Sure. It's a digital cutting machine. Whoa. So you basically, there's all these tools online and you can just about cut out anything you could imagine and it cuts it beautifully and it can cut leather, fabric, paper, vinyl, <sighs> sticker, Stop duct tape. Oh. I mean, it just, the list goes on. So I definitely, uh, they they sent me one a few months ago, and I have been uh, obsessing, to say the least. <laughs> She's been crushing on the cricket. Yes, I have. <laughs> well, now I'm going to go and Google the hell out of that, because I, I, I don't really have any need for one, but I already want to buy it. So... There you go, cricket free plug. That was a great tip to say that you can go to the hardware store or the lumber yard, depending on where you are in the world and what you call it, to ask yeah. them to cut things because a lot of those blokes, especially working there, you put on a bit of charm school and they'll do anything for a couple of bucks. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, if you don't have a saw, but you want to make a sign, uh, go in armed with a picture and you will come out with a piece of wood. I love that so much. Yeah. That's great. And look, I mean, involving local businesses, I'm always banging on about getting to know your local suppliers. And I think that's a really great way to do it. A lot of people think that DIY means a cheaper wedding. That's not always the case, is it, Jen? Definitely not always the case. I mean, for, for me, it is because I already have all the tools. I already have my cricket that's expensive. I already have every kind of glue you can imagine. I have pretty much every shade of paint. So some of my projects end up being very inexpensive for me, while others are extremely expensive if you have to buy certain things. So when I have to um, buy a new tool, for example, for a new project, that elevates the cost immensely. Where if you already had those tools, of course the cost is going to be lower. So um, I feel like some people DIY their events to create a unique, specialized theme that no one else will have. And then there's other people that do need to DIY for budget reasons. So if you are that budget reason person, um, obviously there's no problem with that. I, I admire people that are going to try to stick to their budget. The best thing that you can do is uh, search for tools on places like eBay and Craigslist where you can get them cheaper. You can borrow them from friends. Um, Most everyone, I think, has a crafty friend or aunt or sister or someone in uh, in their realm. And so they can go to them and say, hey, can I borrow those really nice scissors of yours or whatever the case may be. So to really minimize your cost, the best place is going to be minimizing on tools because some of them you may never use again. Yeah, that's a good point. You really need to make sure that you are using supplies that you can buy in bulk or things that you can cut down. You know, you can't buy a pack of stickers and only need to use that one sticker that comes in that pack, you know. Um, But you can make your own stickers using sticker paper that you can print from your computer, cut up those stickers yourself. So, Jen, it's all about thinking laterally. It's like you said, you know, don't buy a whole packet of things if you only need to use one of them. Figure out a way to make that one thing. (laughs) Yep, or try to find a package where that one thing is repeated. That's all you get in that package is that one thing. Sure. When you're planning out your project, you really have to look at the supplies that you're buying and browse around. So sometimes you can find the same supply in the big box retailer by your store, by your home, on Amazon, um, and it's cheaper. But then there could be shipping. When you're when you're working on a budget, you really need to make sure that you take the time to research large ticket items that you're buying because you want to make sure to get the best price on them. I wanted to talk to you about DIY and taking on too much, DIY overload. I know a lot of brides especially go on Pinterest and they see all these amazing projects and then they overcommit and have breakdowns. That's easy to do. Yeah. So what's your advice to, to, to couples that intend to DIY but maybe aren't good with time management? My advice is to know your skill. Yes. So um, if you want to make wooden signs like we were talking about, and your uh, fiancé is super handy, uh, maybe have, have delegate him to take care of getting the signs together. If you, if you are the hardcore DIY bride, um, I feature quite a few of those on the yes. site for weddings, just start early. 
Great. As early as you can. And how early would you say? I mean, it's not it's not offensive to have something six months in advance and pop it in a box and put it in the cupboard, is oh, it? Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. As long as whatever you're creating isn't going to rot, I mean, you're <laughs> fine. Make it as far in advance as you can. Because you don't want to be having a glue gun the evening before your wedding. You don't want to be no, having some sort of breakdown. Even, I mean, I don't recommend a week before because yeah. you really need time to relax, kind of come down from all the planning and really enjoy your day and the days leading up to it because they can be stressful just you know family coming in and uh logistics on you know wherever your venue is and where you're staying so i definitely say to start early if you're going to make everything and if you're just going to make a few things give it some time you know try them ahead of time so that you're not at the very last minute, trying to make these things. I always say that part of the experience of your wedding and what you're going to remember of your wedding is all the planning. So you really have to enjoy it. So if you're going to make some your own felt flower bouquet, uh, maybe every night when you come home from work, make one or two flowers and set them aside. And just go slow at it so that you enjoy the entire process. Because when you look back, on your planning, you're going to think, oh man, every night I used to come home and make a couple felt flowers instead of, you know, oh, that Saturday that I worked morning tonight and I burned <laughs> my fingers and I couldn't look at felt again. You know, that's not the experience that you want to have. No. Um, I definitely encourage people to uh, make those crafting events special and to not rush and to not over Pinterest. I mean, everything on Pinterest is so amazing, but you can get very overwhelmed. And a great thing about that is there's companies like Etsy uh, where you can find something unique and handmade, but you don't have to make it yourself. So you can pay for someone else to make it and it still will have that same, you know, handmade quality or that, um, uniqueness that will be something that you didn't buy at a store. I have to just confess to you, Jen, in the preparation to our wedding, I went a little DIY nuts, but I was, I think you'd be really proud of me. I sewed, we wanted a a little yellow polka dot theme was one of the broad themes of our wedding. And I wanted to have some yellow polka dot napkins for all our guests. And I could not find them anywhere. They were just nowhere to be found. So... One weekend, I went and I found the material and I spent, it was a, it was an Easter weekend. So quite a cold Melbourne weekend. I had a whole series of Dexter that I hadn't seen. And and it was one of the bad series too. I love Dexter. It wasn't a good one. I love Dexter. Oh, it was in the middle. And I sat down and for the weekend and I made 70 napkins. I sewed 70 napkins over this weekend and watched the whole season of Dexter. So I'd say. I had to just had to tell you that that's my that was my little project. We got married in June, so that was in April. I gave it plenty of time, but I did have some distractions while I sewed all those square napkins. That is awesome, <laughs> Jen. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. I feel like there's so much more we can talk about in the area of DIY and producing wonderful things for your wedding. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. I hope we can talk again soon. Oh, I would love that, Alicia. All right, there is so much to say. Next time, I'd love to talk to you about how to pick a theme because I think that's quite overwhelming for a lot of couples. Yeah, it can be. And I have I have lots of great tips on that. So I would love to come back and share that with your listeners. Consider that booked. <laughs> <laughs>
If you'd like to get in touch with Jen, I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. Somethingturquoise.com is where you will find all the information and links. And if you've made something really snazzy and want to share it with Jen, that's something they can send to you, isn't it? Absolutely. We actually have a Get Social page. So if, if anyone has recreated any of our over 200 tutorials, you can actually share on Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag SomethingTurquoiseDIY, and your picture will automatically show up on that page so you can share it with all our other readers. I love that. It's like a boast page. It's like, look at what I've done. I have done one of these amazing projects. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and uh, I tweet regularly. I think I uh, get a bit obsessed with all of your projects and over-tweet. So, you know, you'll probably see me coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jen, thank you so much, and we will talk again soon. Thank you so much, Alicia. It was a pleasure. Jen from somethingturquoise.com is coming back on the show very soon in a special Q&A episode all about Etsy. I love Etsy and I love that Jen supports Etsy. All of her wedding vendors that she has on her website are Etsy wedding vendors. So she says, if you haven't got time to DIY or you don't have the skills or you don't want to buy all the stuff, but you still want that that sort of cool DIY look to your wedding, then head to Etsy and she recommends um, heaps of Etsy supplies. And the beautiful thing about visiting her website is that she has vetoed all of those supplies because it is hard when you go to Etsy and check it all out. It's like eBay. You don't really know who's legit. You don't really know if people have the skills that they're proving. Sometimes you see one one beautiful project and then you look at the others and go, oh, they're a bit naff. It's hard. It can be really hard. So do check out that area of her website. I'll put the links in the show notes as usual. And also in that episode, I talked to Kirstine uh, from Etsy, the, the actual organization, all about how to find the best bargains, how to find the best suppliers, and also some of the sort of secret sneaky search terms for Etsy to get the best value and find the stuff that other people don't have. Because I always think that's one thing as well. Front page of Etsy is great, but everyone's seen it. So it's trying to find the tricks to getting great products that perhaps not as many people have found. Oh, I love that. If you're a new listener to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, welcome. Welcome. I'm welcoming you at the end of the episode. It's just how I roll. You can head to savethedatepodcast.com for the show notes. I keep banging on about the show notes. That's where I put all the links that we're talking about because often you're listening on the train or the bus or in the car or running like I do and you haven't got a pen. You haven't got access to the internet and you go, damn, I really want to visit that website. Oh, I can't remember. I don't want to go back. The, the time is gone. So head to the podcast website. You can find all of that information. And if you want to hear the back catalogue, you can also listen to the episodes on each show notes page as you're reading through. Or you can head to iTunes where you can subscribe to the podcast, which means that it will be delivered by Magic Pixies. Every time I upload an episode, you will receive it without having to use your brain at all. I mean, I'm all up for less brain usage for silly menial things. And also, you can listen to past episodes. Get involved. Do it. Thank you so much for listening to the Save the Date Wedding podcast. It is great to have you here. I've got so many awesome guests coming up, including my next guest, Alicia Poxrucker. She is a celebrity hair and makeup artist. This girl has done everyone's hair and makeup you could ever think of. I'm not kidding. It's crazy. Margot Robbie to Dame Edna Everidge to Ed Sheeran to bloody Prime Ministers. It's mental. And she has got some really easy to implement, budget-friendly hair and makeup and beauty and especially skincare advice for all of us, boys and girls. 
And it's not going to cost you a fortune. We're not going to try and sell you anything. It's just some clear advice that uh, I think you're going to need, especially if you're preparing for the big day. And just secretly, not secretly, because you're going to hear it. She's Australian and she's really funny and I love her. So do listen, especially over Christmas as well, where I think a lot of people are going to get engaged just quietly. I'll keep the secret to myself. But apparently it's the time that the guys and gals like to put a ring on it. So get ready, get planning, come back and hear me soon. Happy days.